Ian. And I'm Dina. Welcome to Bluntly Us on Cannabis Capital. Every Thursday at 11, we're going to be talking straight with some of the California cannabis industry's most experienced and accomplished decision makers about their journey and how they handled setbacks along the way. So if you want to know what's really happening in the cannabis industry, stick around and find out from those that are doing it. And today we've got uh, Susie Placentia. Yes. Hello. Thank you for having me. So excited. So happy to have you. Yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> Congratulations on the first episode of Bluntly Us. Thank you. And thank you so much for, for being our first guest. We're really excited to be talking yes. to you. Yeah, we're so honored. So excited. <laughs> well, um, you know, so it's, you know, I think we're going to probably give a little intro about yeah, yes, sure. who Susie really is and, you know, what you've done in this industry and, um, you know, what to expect, you know, in the, you know, seeing what you're doing in this industry. So can I kind of give us a little, sh you know, your intro? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm the CEO and founder of Night Shift Cannabis, which is a PR and social media marketing agency. We specialize in helping and supporting the growth of cannabis companies, also cannabis adjacent companies like Glass. Um, I'm also the uh, CEO and founder uh, um, co-founder of Mota Glass as well. So my partner and I uh, opened up this uh, glass shop and this this really idea is to support local glass blowers and minority workers with career pathways. So uh, my partner and I founded this company to really to really change the glass industry for for the for the better, and we also have uh, Mota Org, which is a grassroots community organization that really helps to support minorities in cannabis. That's so awesome. We're really excited to be talking to you today about the importance of good PR in cannabis, as well as um, you know what you're doing with Mota. And we're really happy that Mota's sponsoring the glass for today's episode. So we're yes. going to be smoking out of out of these pieces and. And we're really excited for that. Yeah, too. and I have to say, it's probably one of the best glasses that I've smoked from. Yes, so it's my that's favorite. what I love to hear. That's what I love to hear. You know, I'm proud of that. You know, like again, we it exists to support local glass. So when people say that it's their favorite piece or that they use it every day, that's what that's what really makes us like feel proud. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> Everyone should make sure they go and follow Mota Glass and. So it's Mota underscore Glass. Yes, it's Mota underscore Glass. Um, there is another Mota Glass out there that's a smoke shop that's been closed for like four years. So that's not us. It's Mota <laughs> underscore Glass. That's our page. And I know that you have been giving, you know, some away, raffling some away at the beach cleanup. Yes, which... yes. Those beach cleanups, uh, as I'm sure you know, because you go along with yeah. me, is those beach cups are really awesome because it, it, they really, it really exists to, to break the stigma of this like lazy stoner perspective because it's stoners getting together to do mm -hmm. good. So these beach cleanups now with, with COVID restrictions lifting, people are coming out more, companies are getting involved. So we're really excited to really partner up with Johnny and the team and raffle off the pieces um, at the end of each beach cleanup. And that's what we've been doing so far. And we're a small business, so we can't give away too many pieces. Yeah. But, um, you know, as long as we are growing, we can continue to do that. That's awesome. That's great. So what are we smoking on today? What are we smoking on today? Well, we have, let's see, I think it's Malibu. You know, shout out to Empire Dispensaries for making such great indoor flower. Um, it's actually going to be Wedding Pie and Empire OG. So... You know, if you guys have not smoked Malibu, it's probably one of my favorite flowers right now. Um, 
let's definitely pack a bowl and start, yes. start off this this uh, podcast right. So put that moto glass to work. Yeah, it, yeah. Honestly, this is uh, my favorite part of the day. I was actually um, talking to a girlfriend of mine that um, she is starting to get into more smoking regularly, and she was like, "Oh, you know, I'm excited to own my first bong. You know, this and that." And I was letting her know about about bong culture, how it's definitely. It's a situation to own a piece of glass because there's, it's not like, you know, um, a pre-roll or something where you just light it and you're ready to consume. This is something where you have to get the flour, you have to grind it up, you have to put it, you know, on the bowl, and then you have to make sure that it's put together properly, there's water in it, and there's this whole a ritual associated with it, which I think makes you appreciate it more, and it's just, it's part of the experience, you know? Yeah. So it definitely is, like, ritualistic in that sense. I agree. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I know some people prefer smoking from paper. Some people smoking from pipes. This is uh, so. In my experience, this has been my favorite glass. Yeah. Yeah. This yes. nine mil is really good. I've tried like pure. I've tried. You know, I've spent. You know, on numerous glass. Is this? This is just a. It's a different experience. It's you know my lungs are not torched after yeah, taking yeah, a hit. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's I it, I can taste you know I can actually taste you know like the flower you know it's it's you know just like not the flower but like you know yeah yeah yeah, 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 absolutely. yeah, yeah absolutely yeah I love it I love when people can really you know appreciate their wrong and and really make it their everyday piece. To a lot of people, it is their everyday piece. Yeah. So it's it's great to kind especially of when you have that little one too. I remember, yeah. Your everyday piece. Yeah. My everyday piece is is a, the 12 inch version yeah. of that one because I love a good 18 incher. Actually, Alyssa loves it, prefers the 18 inch. My my team member Alyssa, shout out to her. Um, we I love the 12 inch. I think it's just perfect for me. It's my like wake and bake piece. Um, and then uh, of course our straight tubes is a different experience because it wow. has um, yeah. so it has a straight base. So because of that, there isn't enough, there isn't like as much of a space to for the filtration. So it's, it is a very much a straight, a straight shot up. Okay. So it's a different experience. Some people prefer it, but some people actually like to have both in their collection. So oh, wow. yeah, That's it, pretty cool. it, we didn't start off with that with with straight tubes, but it was our next kind of offering after our first classic pieces. Now, do you guys make any like rigs or? Is Not that... yet. Okay. But we we do we really we can't wait to do that. Are you, yeah, a lot of are it, it is for with it? with American made, and we are a hundred percent American made glass. Um, it's a little more difficult to make smaller pieces because okay. um, with mass importation, you know, mass importing for the past decades, it has really affected local glass blowers in this in the sense that, you know, it they have to question whether something is worth their time because of so much importing that's mm -hmm. going on. So that's kind of a big reason why we have to take it slow with, with doing smaller pieces, you know. It's just we have a, an industry-wide situation that has taken hold so long that, you know, we just have to approach it differently. When do you think you're going to launch the rigs? <laughs> it really depends. It depends. It depends okay. because we could, I think, in a couple months really, really kill it. And if we get that growth, we can come up with so many pieces. And we have so many ideas. We, ha we have these collections, these art, art collections that we know we want to do. But also we want to come out with the rig I really want a dog walking hand pipe because <laughs> I love to walk my dog with like a little like hand pipe and oh, I haven't had cool. one and I really want to come out with, with American made hand pipes for walking your dog. 
That's pretty cool. <laughs> I know. Wow. But but like I said, it's harder to do smaller for American Made, but but we are making that. It's like, pretty a badass. I could see you with a hand pipe walking your dog. Yeah, I mean, very low key. You know, what, I you know just kind of hold it. Uh, we have a little wolf dog. He's a, he's a breed called the Shikoku, which is a Japanese a breed, and he is just such a playful little pup. He's just, and his name is Taco, yeah, right? Yeah, his name is Taco with the K. <laughs> which, How old is um, he? He's like about a year and a half. Oh. So he's a little over a year and a half. So he's very playful and stubborn. But right now he's at home taking a nap. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yes. He's about four months old. I know. Standard poodle. But it's a lot. Yes. He's a handful. Oh, <laughs> shout out to all the dog parents out there. Yeah, that are struggling. Yeah, all the, all the can, can of dog puppies. parents. The ones with puppies. Yeah, can of dog parents. Um, yeah. Well, we I packed the bowl. I think we should we should do a hit together. Yeah, yeah let's, let's do, do it. it. So what are we smoking on again? So We're it's wedding pie. I think okay. it's wedding pie. Oh, wow. Yeah. From Nice. From Malibu. Let's do it. Let's do it. Motha Sesh. Cheers, everyone. <laughs> there it nice. is. Ooh, tasty. Very tasty. <coughs> yes. <coughs> so yeah, I love the twelve inch. It's just a just a straight shot, and it's a good it's size so too. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm really excited to, uh, we just started going down to the pool in my building, <laughs> so I'm really excited to, to have more pieces that I'm excited to, to go take down and have one time with at the pool. <laughs> That's awesome. Are you, like, yeah. is there any, like, collabs in the works? Um, well, we do, we are going to be doing a, a special collab piece for the beach cleanups, actually, so that's in the works right now. Um, it's just an art piece that we're doing with, an, with a really awesome artist. Um, so that's going to be something, you know, tune in on when we're going to finish that. But it's not, it's very limited. Like, it's not something we can produce at large scale right now because okay. we're still so small. Uh, I think there that a lot of folks assume that because we're, we have a company, we're just huge, you know. And, but that's just not the case right now. We're seven months old and I'm, we're so proud of what we've been, been achieving so far. But we still are very small, but like we are getting there, that's you know. Awesome. The momentum is there, and we're seven months old for us. To I be. remember the day you were talking about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And look at you're one of the most like, successful women I know in this industry. Aww, Very powerful. You. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's crazy to think that you, uh, we were talking about that yeah. idea, and then we just celebrated being on Forbes the other day. You know, and Congrats. it's just awesome. thank you so much. But wow. you know, it it just shows you that you know if if you know what you stand for and you just you put it out there the right way, people will will take notice. It's just, just I think that a lot of cannabis companies right now are not really understanding that right now. You know, they, they, they just create a cannabis brand and think that that's it. But it's really, it's so much about positioning and putting in... And creating the, a relationship you with know, the public. So much. You know, I think with cannabis, to think that you don't have to put in that time to relationship community management is just foolish, you know? Like when people put their Instagram on the back burner and then and then wonder why they're not getting in stores. I mean, or we, we hear it all the time. People think that their brands and their cannabis just sold itself. Yeah, yeah. I hate hearing that. It kills me. That, when I hear that, it just... Oh, my gosh. It's just amateurish. That was it's like just, 2015. Yeah. 
Because there was a time that if you just had a logo and yeah. you had okay product, yeah. you'd be good. Yeah. Now you're up against companies that are putting in the time on their Instagram. I mean, these bu- yeah, these get. buyers are getting like thirty thousand emails a day, like no joke about new brands. Like, what? Why is your brand any different than? Right. You know? Differentiators, we call yeah. them in PR. Yeah. Differentiators and um, points of distinction. If you yeah. don't have those for your company, then you're just going to be on the shelf. And how, how are you going to set yourself apart, especially if all the influencers don't even know your product? So, yeah. You know, and, and I think I'm, I'm, I'm glad that my agency, Night Shift Cannabis, has gotten to the point where we've worked with, you know, we were t- just talking about this other, just earlier, how it's a small world. Yeah. So we've been able to, ha- to really, um, you know, kill it in, in just a short period to the point that we are picking the clients that we want to align with now. Mm-hmm. And we're prioritizing minority-owned small businesses, people who have a mission, because as activists ourselves, we really want to align with brands that are going to partner with us to do good in cannabis. Love it. Because awesome. if I'm gonna grow your business, I wanna I wanna know what you're about. Because mm-hmm. this is powerful. PR is powerful. Social media is powerful, mm-hmm. and the community is powerful. Yeah. So true. Yeah, yeah, that is true. And you know, we have something else. We both went to USC. Yes, fight on. Fight on. <laughs> and uh, so I just wanted to hear a little bit about you know your story of how you got into the cannabis industry. Yeah. So it actually, it did. My my journey did start at, at USC. Believe it or not, uh, I wasn't part of the cannabis club that they have there now. It's so great to see so much engagement um, with the new generation, and 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 they're they're recognizing, you know, that this is an industry that is gonna make money. It is making money. So my journey did start there. Um, I got my degree in PR from from Annenberg, and I knew that I wanted to. To work in media, but I wanted to. I wanted it to also be journalism. I didn't know what it was until found my my calling, and it's and it is that. And so USC really helped me hone my PR skills. But and then when I started working at an agency right out of college, that's when social media started really kicking off. It was really becoming really important for companies. So as a, a young person at the agency at the time. They would always throw me in these meetings because clients were always asking about social media now. And they panicked. My bosses at the time were like, social media, yeah, we not, we have an expert, like the 23-year-old, wow. you know, at the time. So I they threw me in there. And I, you know, I think I, had, I was fresh from college, so I had this, this kind of, um, like, I wanted to please still, you know, and you're a student still, you want to do well, you want to get that A. So when I started working with this agency, I was like, let's do it. And social media became a thing. So I had to become this expert that they were kind of pitching me to be. And then I started kind of creating a digital PR department within the agency. And one thing led to another. And ultimately, some clients just wanted social media. They didn't even want the other stuff. So that's when I started my agency. In 2015, I launched Night Shift Digital. And we service clients in beauty, tech, um, a little bit in retail. And what I loved about retail is having something where you can buy online. Because for social media work, that's it's amazing. You mm-hmm. just curate this community. You see how it converts. And then you refine over time. Mm-hmm. Loved it. And then when I was still at the agency, towards the end, that is when we had a client that was a sunglass client. And they were like, we want to be in a music video. And my, again, my bosses were like, we can do that. Grab the young person. And they just threw me on this account. 
And I actually, wow. in college, I interned at a music label and I loved music. So I actually had some connections in the LA music scene. I pulled some strings and I was able to get a music video with Snoop Dogg, Method Man, and Be Real. Wow. And Pretty I connected big. it. I came through to the to the um to the studio with the sunglasses with the product, outfitting people and everything, and they needed a girl to be in the music video. So I was like, sure. So I ended up being the girl that smokes a joint in the music video. I need and to like see this. Mouthing the, the <laughs> I need to see I need I And know. I think from that point <laughs> is when I kind of crossed over from being like this professional I was trying to make it in PR and marketing yeah. in LA into like wait, what's going on with cannabis? And this is 2015 or something, like right before they left the agency, this happened. Because one of my last projects I did with the agency before I launched my own agency. And that's when I started knowing, learning contacts, seeing, and then, you know, getting to know Be Real and, and everybody there at Be Real TV and the projects they do there and their podcasting, that, that Hotbox show do really well. And that's kind of how I started my reputation in cannabis, where people just kind of calling upon this person who knew about social media and PR, and you can consult and just can connect. So I, as legalization came, you know, 2017 happened, my opportunities for my agency, they were still coming with these other industry avenues, but cannabis started being where I started getting more and more phone calls, where, I, where the needs were. And so that's when Night Shift Cannabis Cannabis was born because I Night Shift Digital is my main agency, but I wanted a subsidiary that focuses on cannabis because once I started working in cannabis, I started seeing that there are specific needs that don't really cross over with under other industries. We have a specific um, community like component. Okay. <laughs> like what we were talking about before, yeah. if you don't take care of your community, they're not going to take care of you. They're going to remember that, mm -hmm. especially on Instagram. It's just different when cannabis because there is this war on drugs, you know, this is, there, there are people who are still you know, having their lives affected by this, by this medicine, but then yet there's a lot of profiting going on. So when, the, when we have that dynamic, it's going to create this, mm -hmm. this environment of responsibility and added accountability that maybe don't aren't, don't exist in the same way in other industries. So because mm -hmm. of that, that's when I launched Night Shift mm -hmm. Cannabis. is a subsidiary that focuses on cannabis. And here we are now. You Have know? you worked with any big brands in cannabis? Yeah, several big brands. I don't want to name names, but I really what I really want to do is focus more on minority owned. Cool. Because big brands are cool. Big brands are, are great to be able to to do bigger projects, but what's needed right now is more engagement among those that are underprivileged in this industry. So I really want to put the word out there for if you're a small business, you know, launch. Really really start small, get out there and meet the contacts because it's really important for minorities to get out there and just start it and for minorities in the industry to support each other for that growth. And are you currently accepting yeah. new clients? I am. I am. Okay. But like I said before, we're being a little more more, more particular in who we take on because cool. we really want to know where they're headed and we're not just in the business of, of just you know, providing services. We want to know what you're about so that we can align with you and your mission. Okay. So we are taking clients, but we are looking to really learn more about what, you know, what you're about, I think more than before. And it's because we've been through some stuff, you know, where we, mm -hmm. where we want to learn more about what people are about more than ever. Mm -hmm. So what would you yeah. say is your biggest success so far since entering the cannabis industry? I think my biggest success so far is creating change, is being able to 
put in time and see actual change within the community. So uh, I was involved in a boycott uh, in 2020 that was really impactful for many people within the cannabis community, but of course uh, myself and, and uh, those involved. And the impact of that was, a, I think, a, just more of a greater, um, I think, careful outlook on the situation, uh, an added mm -hmm. dialogue that was really meaningful in terms of the growth of the cannabis industry. And I think seeing that shift in people thinking more deeply about, you know, what they're doing and and the impact of what they're doing. I think that is as a as an activist, as as someone who who, who organizes and wants to see change, that is a proud moment. That's awesome. And yeah. can't come um, without its challenges, though. So, what do you think is the most challenging part about being in this space, or what's the most challenging episode that you've had to deal with? Oh man, when I think the most challenging, I think when I when I consider the bad situations that I've been in, <laughs> um, I always think that that the the thing that that kind of brings them all together, things they all have in common, is I think a lack of accountability, you know, and also just hypocrisy. So I think when that exists in any aspect of business and any in any relationship, you know, professional relationship, mm -hmm. it always impacts it negatively. So I I think that you know it's unfortunate that that this happens, but it also, I think it, it refocuses with um, the mission that we're all here for and is to, to rectify that and to be changed. And I know that, you know, both you and us were actually involved in the same company that had an issue very specific to what you're talking about, uh, La Chingona. Mm. And I remember, you know, the product of your journalism seeing a, a full page uh, LA Times article about it. Um, did you want to Tell us a little bit about your experience with with that brand and yeah. what happened there. Yeah, so um, I so there's a brand called La Chingona Cannabis that existed in in 2020. Uh, I believe they launched in late 2019. With right, us. right, right, right. <laughs> so um, so yeah, the, this brand launched and uh, it was called La Chingona, and this this word um, within the Mexican community is a slang term that means badass woman. But it, it's it's also, you know, it, it because it's slang, it, it's it's within the community in a in a way that really resonates in an emotional way sometimes. Like, oh wait, what's going on there? That, you know, I used to say that with my grandma or or my aunt called me that. Like it's very personal. So when I saw it as a brand, I thought, wow, this is interesting. You know, it caught my attention and I was on their Instagram just looking looking at it and they had sent me a message right away and we're like hey what's going on we'd love to you know learn, like send you a gift you know and I thought oh this is interesting you know and I'm kind of you know l learning about them and um, I asked you know more about them I gotta love to learn more about you because in my instincts is we need more representation in this industry and as a journalist I really feel a responsibility to to help promote I want to purchase your product I want to make sure I buy it I want to you know I, I think it was that responsibility as a you know fellow Latina in the space to see my culture out there I have to support so my interest was 
was finding out more so that I can see how I can uplift this business, whether it's any way possible. And um, I think there was a desire to, you know, to, to get the, you know, gifts, you know, and everything. And I went to the webpage and I saw biographies of, of, you know, the, the founders, three sisters, you know, yeah. his three sisters. And, you know, I saw that. But yeah, the whole company story. Yeah, right? yeah. company story. Yeah. This, uh, this very... Like from Guadalajara. Yeah, yeah, from Guadalajara, which happens to be where my family is from, which is just really weirdly specific. And so I saw the the about me, and I thought, this is this is awesome. Like they these women made it. I mean, it was nitty gritty details. Like we like they launched in Ad, like yeah. Adelanto in two thousand whatever, and then they. It was very weirdly specific to a lot of things that made me think this is real like yeah. it's got to be real yeah. so um the person who was who i was communicating with to get the package was like yes i'll drop it off and i met him at the corner of my place he gave me this little baggie of of a lot of product and i thought wow this is a lot of product because at the time i only had like 700 followers and this was an influencer situation and i was like this doesn't help you <laughs> at all <laughs> you know i'm gonna post you but like what's what's the what's the point and I was trying to find out what the what why why was why was I so important for yeah. for me to be receive this this product? Um, so I asked him when he was there in front of me. Mm -hmm. I said, "Hey, I saw you guys. Is like about me. It's awesome. I want to learn more about the brand and see how I can like you know give you guys press or whatever." And he looked a little uncomfortable, and I was like, "What's going on?" You know. And he said, "You know that story. That story's fake. You know, it's not real." The owners are actually, you know, mostly non non Latino men, and 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 um and just really wow. uncomfortable. But just wow. wanted me to know that he didn't like it either. He's like, oh me, you know. But but take the product though and give us. And then that's where it really clicked for me. It was important that I received the product because when you look at their page, they were putting brown women on the page, mm -hmm. Latina women, and it was to obfuscate the truth so that if you see. The representation on their page you don't have to ask about the validity of the story or the weather it's just it makes sense right so that was his strategy is reaching out to latinas who look like me to be able to get that user generated content to put on the feed and just don't ask so that was the, the strategy that i walked into and i thought to myself i don't think this man knows like to the extent of like what he's doing and maybe he just needs a friend the friendly email to just say, hey, something, something's bigger here. Like, just, just FYI, because you're lying. <laughs> and I think that as a woman, I know that representation, as I said, it's so important. Mm -hmm. So that when you, when it's not genuine, mm -hmm. it's, harm, it's harmful. It's hurtful. Yeah. And that's something that I didn't think that he knew. Yep. And I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt and think that, you know, this man, you know, no offense, but he was a white man <laughs> and just very, and, and not, and I think that he was just focused on his work. He saw a problem and was like, oh, let me just get Latinas and just, but he didn't understand how hurtful and harmful that can be to a lot of people. So I sent him an email that was from a colleague to a colleague, like, you know, just wanted to let you know that, you know, now that I've heard that the story's fake, it's it's just like it's, you got to just be careful because your, your strategy of reaching out to Latinas to put them on the page because you know it's fake. Be careful because mm -hmm. this is this is 2020. 
and this isn't. So he took that email as, well, you don't have to try and get hired. I can just hire you. And I was like, no, 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 that's not what this is. Like, it, I'm trying to to really just give you a professional heads up that that it's not gonna it's not gonna fly the way I think you think it will. And it then then that became this kind of need to hire me. Really, really wanted to hire me. And there were so many questions that I was like, no, <laughs> this is weird. You know, it was just a lot, a lot of questions I had and a lot of questions I didn't have answers to. And um, ultimately, it was just a bad situation. And you can read up on it on the LA Times because there's so many nitty gritty details. But ultimately, the truth always comes out. And that's what the biggest learning lesson for people out there, if you're dealing with a bad situation, stick to the facts. Mm -hmm. Don't lie. Don't cheat. Don't don't steal. Don't, don't yeah. harass. <laughs> you know, don't threaten people. Because the founder of Lachingonet would like threatened me. He like was, don't do that. You know, a big reason why it was on the front page of the LA Times is because of you know the crazy lies, but also the mm -hmm. way he handled it. Oh yeah, he because went crazy. He went crazy fighting people in the yeah. DMs and in the comments. In the comments, comments fighting with you. Yeah. You know, shout out to Ian. He he <laughs> shut it down with the comment one time. It was like. <laughs> <laughs> it was a weekend of drama. Oh when, my god! You know, one hashtag. Well, he was lying that. Well, how we started is that we we helped take that brand to market, and December we helped twenty nineteen December twenty nineteen, and we helped build that brand, uh, build his distribution, and then he ended up firing everybody. Um, he fired like fifteen people. Just ended the whole. Distro. Ended the whole distro. And then um, he was like, I have to relaunch La Chingona. That's what he told us. And I will never forget the day where he was sitting in front of our whole sales team. Um, and I really hope one day he, he actually listens to this because he was panicking, shaking um, in front of his wife. And he was like, you guys, the cartel just contacted us. Mm. And they found out. So we need a Sharpie. I think it was like Adriana's name or someone's name from the from the packaging. So remember the they had the website about me. They had three bios of three women. They each had full names. Yeah. And those names were actual, coincidental or made up. They were actual the, people from cartel. The actual daughters of yeah. actual cartel leaders. And he was panicking because he got caught. And he was like, oh, I think we're going to have to sharpie like 80 of these packaging because we're not going to be able to send them to dispensaries. And then literally two weeks later, he shuts, he puts everything on pause with La Chingona, says that he's relaunching. And then, um, and he shuts the distribution. And we told him that what he's doing is 100% wrong, that this is a fake story, that he can't be doing this. And he was like, well, I'm going to, you know, make some changes, blah, blah, blah. And that's when everyone got fired. And, you know, I have to really give it to you, Susie, mm -hmm. because I've, I've never seen this in, you know, in the eight years that I've been in cannabis, um, a brand being shut down within 24 hours. Like, props to you. I that think props was, to the people. But, I, I got to give it to the people. It because was, and you, and you, but you let it. it together, yeah, but, but, and I know I'm just saying, but you led that and people, we all came with you and we all supported you for, for coming out because I think one thing in this industry is people don't like to speak up. People don't like to, you know, come out and, and talk about what's really going on and, you know, who's screwing them over, who is lying. Yeah. 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 And that's and that is that's one thing that, you know, 
I know you from. It's because you, you know, you spoke up and holding people accountable. And you, yeah. yeah, you helped, you held him accountable, and and now he's nowhere. He's completely gone. You know, well, we'll see, but yeah. he might come back, and but at least La Chingona is nowhere. Right. Well, we that's a big reason why we founded the organization Mota Org. It stands for Minorities for Opportunity, Transparency, and Accountability in Cannabis, and. Our mission really is to to really inspire more responsibility and transparency and accountability in cannabis. We really want to 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 really show people that you don't have to be so shady. Yeah. And we want to inspire regular everyday people, consumers of cannabis, um, you know, members in the cannabis community that you know how to call out responsibly because mm-hmm. people look at what I did with La Chingona and they think, oh, this girl saw something and then just just did a thing. They don't know about the six weeks that I put in to communicate with this brand offline, privately, via email, face-to-face conversations, education. I refused pay because I want I had a responsibility to educate because of who I was, because of the mm-hmm. Latinas that, you know, <laughs> bought into this brand because it was genuine, because we need representation. Like I mentioned, it's so hurtful for it to not be genuine when you need it at a time like this. Mm-hmm. You really need representation. And... You know, and, and, you know, it is what it is. And, and I'm glad that at the end of the day, it wasn't just a bad situation that happened. We, we created an organization to help create change to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Yeah. And we're hoping to inspire other people and equip them with the know-how of how to call out responsibly. And we're going to be doing more on Mota.org. We're actually, actually, my co-founder, Savina, and I are going to be doing a more, more live sessions to really talk about this, this aspect of responsible calling out because as consumers you may see something problematic and think i'm powerless right but then 2021 shows us that you can go on social media and do something but should you there's that those kind of questions i Mm -hmm. really want to inspire people to think about it because if you're gonna post you're you're affecting someone else's business you better know who you're affecting the extent and what you're going to do to be hold yourself accountable. When we made the decision to do La Chingona, we thought, we thought long and hard. We, we really did. We broke it down and we, we wanted to know what the strategy was. And we put, to get, we put it together. The reason why it was so swift is because it was a PR campaign and I'm a PR professional. And, and also it, just, it collapsed based on the lies. And that's, yeah. that was really the only role that we played was yeah. I just posted one hashtag that just proved everything that he was saying was a lie. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, because he, so, he had someone come out saying that this is my company. And yeah. then he said, okay. And then he came out like two days later saying, no, this is not her company. It was just like lies after lies after lies. Mm-hmm. And then we confront him saying, no, we built your distribution. And he's like, who's Dean and Ian? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> that, like you said, the hashtag really. Yeah. Just... So what do you think is the biggest mistake that most cannabis companies make today? when handling their own PR? They don't, um, it's not responsible action and it's not quick enough. It's crisis PR. I actually started my career in crisis PR and celebrity crisis PR. And I think that I'm so glad that I started my career with that because I'm dealing with a lot of that with social media because people don't think before they act. They just like to just smear companies without thinking. And I think one of the biggest things that people deal with is not knowing how to be accountable as a company and how to do it in the best way possible. Mm-hmm. For instance, there was there's been a call out recently where people did it irresponsibly 
and then the company didn't know how to act and now the situation's just in limbo you know the the, the cannabis community doesn't need that we, we don't need unfinished unresolved situations we need a coordinated effort where you have done the work and also companies see that calling out is is a representation of people's feelings and we got to take and a request for transparency. Exactly. You have to meet that with the same respect. And companies, if some people are speaking out, give that the time of day to evaluate. Actually see whether what they're saying is valid. Speak to them. Because at the end of the day, if you meet them with the same respect and you get that, you, you understand what they're even talking about, mm -hmm. then you're in the position to really take it back. You know. So if, if cannabis companies are spending... Uh, obviously, they're they're focused on crisis PR because they're not focused on building their own voice or establishing right, their right. own voice. So is that that's maybe more of a, a more systemic kind of issue? Yeah, is just not having the the consistent voice until it it becomes a crisis. Until you need it, and it's unfortunate because uh, as as you pointed out, so if you invest, if you're a company and you invest the time for proper community building, and you're going to you know, um, you're, you're partnering with organizations and you are, you know, connecting with the right thought leaders. Your, your audience is going to know what you're about already so that when you do potentially have a crisis, they're going to believe you when you make a statement. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, okay, we know who they are. It's not the person that jumps yeah. from behind the curtain. Exactly. Says, but if you're, no, if you're okay. completely absent and you're just here selling product and profiting off the community and don't want to be involved and then you have a crisis, they're going to be like, yeah, we don't know him. <laughs> it makes sense. <laughs> so when you invest in good PR, and good PR is not necessarily being in a magazine. Good PR is partnering with the right influencers and doing a thought leadership campaign. If it, PR is the way people think of you, the way people perceive you and your products. And you can do that 100% on social media. You mm -hmm. don't need necessarily press. Yeah. But when you do it both ways, that's when things really pop off. When you're in the press and on social media killing it, it's over. Yep. <laughs> And that one-two punch. Yep, it really is. But you know, a lot of companies don't don't want to. They, they either can can afford both, which I get it, but aren't don't see the importance. Don't see the value. Of, no, they're still they're still in the. We have flower and we have a logo phase, and you're just not gonna get there. And it hurts. It's it hurts so me when they're like important. my Latino companies that do this though. Yeah. Because I want to see them kill it, and I want to see them do it. But then you look at it, and it, the website is just mm, yeah. or the logo, and it has no depth and no story and it's just disappointing but at the same time you just got to give them time and you also have to be available for them so i'm here i'm available night shift <laughs> cannabis is here to help you minority-owned businesses because i want you guys to be in this and given the you know the recent trend in corporate social responsibility and all the wave of acquisitions in cannabis i'd think that a lot of these minority-owned businesses especially if they can really you know articulate and build out their their own voice and, and uh, story, both on social and in the press, that they'd be prime candidates for, for acquisition. Exactly. There, there are so many good ideas right now in cannabis. Mm -hmm. um, I can't wait to see in a couple years. I actually was, was recently interviewed for a, a piece that's going to be coming out soon, and they asked me, like, you know, you've been through so much shit in cannabis. What, are you still going to be in? And I said, yes. And why? Because I can't wait in a couple years, you know? We're still doing these growing pains. There's still hella, like, lack of accountability and just lies and people that, that are just two-faced. But I think that those people are being held accountable right now. 
So in a couple years, I think we're going to have those learning lessons and those minority companies will also have those learning lessons and we'll get to that point and I think we'll, we'll get there in a couple years. I'm really excited for it. So I ended up saying my answer to them was, yes, I have to stay because clearly I'm needed. <laughs> you know, but a lot's and coming. So over the next couple of years, what do you, what's your thoughts on the prospects for, for national decriminalization or legalization? Oh, man. I don't think nationals in our in our future just yet. We'll see, but I think that it, it's getting there. I'm so excited to see New York. You know, I think that um, there is um, this. I don't think he's an influencer. I think it's just someone that I saw on Instagram. But it's this guy who who ha takes his bong all over New York like areas, mm -hmm. and he's been taking bong rips outside since legalization, and they've been doing so well. But I just love seeing bongs in places where I where I just would never have thought, like, you know, in New York mm -hmm. areas. So I'm really excited for that. I hit him up to try and maybe give him a mota because I would love to see that video with, with mota piece cool. rice, right? So we'll see how that goes. I, I fell off on that idea, but I want to get to that point. And just seeing more places that you wouldn't think, you know, mm -hmm. would be cannabis friendly and all of a sudden are, mm -hmm. just more to come, you know? So what advice do you have for, for people working in the cannabis industry dealing with bad things or like what's you know short and sweet the right way to handle you know people that are unscrupulous the snakes fakes and flakes mm -hmm. yeah well i think that there as a, as a journalist we're always looking for pitches so never underestimate the right journalist because if your situation is noteworthy and there is truth and it and someone cares about it and it's impactful to somebody that's news so get to know the right journalists and get to know what they like to cover and if you're dealing with a bad situation there's a good chance that um that that it, that someone might want to learn from it and ultimately that's what press is i think news you know as a as a reader you know I want to hear what happened so that I can learn from it or take something from it. And if, if something shitty happened to you, you can turn that into mm -hmm. lessons for so many people that read about mm -hmm. your story. And that's yeah. what La Chingona was. It's a shitty situation that happened, but you know what? It was completely factual. So we told our story, and many people have reached out to me saying mm -hmm. that they're inspired by it or they feel represented by it or it has inspired them in some way or empowered them in some way. And I'm glad that, that, that this happened to me now because if I could give that gift to somebody else, then it was worth it, I think. So thank you, Mike <laughs> and Josh, you know, but, um, you know. That's a blessing. In, in disguise <laughs> yeah. because I think that it makes me proud to see so many Latinas, I think, filled with the desire to do something in cannabis, anything, mm -hmm. because they see what we did, you know, and, and ultimately, like, like people say, like, oh, you did La Chingona. I'm like, eh, like me and Savina and Bobby. Bobby was behind the scenes all the way because he was like, oh, I don't know. But he was there. <laughs> but he was there. Like, he, Shout out to he Bobby. Was there. He was there because, because, um, so he, he just, he's a very high integrity man, you know? Like, so he, when he sees a bad situation, he's like, what's going on? What's going on? So we'd be dealing with it and then he'd be like, so it, <laughs> You know, his input was just so valuable because of everything that's going on. He's a, he's a very experienced businessman as well. So 
you know, he was in there, but but um, he really wanted to remain back behind the scenes. But, you know, Savina Monet, shout out to her. She's a really good friend of mine, but also a colleague um, and, and someone who partnered with me on the on the La Chingana situation. Because when I was first dealing with it, I didn't have a lot of people to, to talk to in cannabis. Because at the time, I wasn't really out, out like the way mm-hmm. I am now where people know me and they go to events and, oh, you know. I wasn't like that but before. I was just more focused on my work. So um, this situation has just allowed me to be able to connect with more people. But at the time, I, you know, I confided in... I had Savina. That was the only person in, in really in cannabis. She was in California. Yeah. She's out in Oregon, but... I admired her on Instagram. I admired her Instagram presence because she's a, she's an artist but an activist. So she does these really beautiful collages, sometimes steeped in culture, sometimes, uh, you know, about cannabis activism. Mm-hmm. She's really beautiful collages. And um, I admired her work. And she had a lot of followers. And I was like, oh, cool. She's a community of people that are activists and, like, Latino. And she's, like, Latina. And when I was dealing with this situation with La Chingona, I'm like, I don't have anyone to talk to, but you know what? who might, like, just be a good like listening ear you know is Savina and I, I had worked with her on a few projects before with clients so I was like hey I have a situation can we talk and she's like yeah, for sure and we talked for like a long time like a few hours and she was the one that was on the internet already and she was like researching and like I heard she was like did you know this did you know that because she started following the um the license number on the website like their mm-hmm. license their you know like numbers and everything she followed the breadcrumbs and we were still on the phone and that's when she started uncovering some really crazy shit like the fact that they were they were right next to like a an ice detention center like uh, just mm-hmm. sketchy facts and mm-hmm. and here seeing just the more it unraveled the more we saw a bigger story than we ever mm-hmm. expected and just the scum that we discovered and that and Savina was in it at that point. She was just like, Oh, 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 go, go, go. And she, but, but because of my interest in doing things responsibly, I let her know, like, we're, we're not, we're not doing a thing until we just research. And so we put in time to research before calling out. People got to do the work. Yeah. It's too easy to grab your phone and be like, you ain't shit, fuck your company, and then they take a real dip in sales, and did you even do the work? Did they deserve it? Mm-hmm. Do you, like, what's going on, you know? You and to be accountable for you yourself. Know, yeah. You have to be accountable for yourself, and if you're going to call out and think you're being a hero to someone, mm-hmm. you got to take a step back and first do the work, mm-hmm. because damn, like, we, we, before it was talks, and then before we even did everything, we organized on, like, the, like the implications. Who was this going to hurt? You know, who is this going to not hurt? What's going to happen here? You know, what are the laws? I knew that this man wasn't going to be able to um, to take me to court for defamation. I knew that because mm-hmm. I went to school and I have a degree <laughs> in my shit. But I also took a law class that was specifically on defamation and slander because I like my, my, my PR program happened to really focus on the shit. And... When he came at me for that, I was like, man, we already did this. Like, we were so prepared. And I need you guys to do the same thing. If you're going to go that route, if you're going to go there, not saying don't do it, but you better have put in the work because we did a lot of weeks of work before any posts were done. Was made. Because because it's just someone's company. I don't care if it's a white man. It's someone's company put in time and money 
and we were going to speak out on it. It better be for a good reason, and you better have a full plan. We weren't going to be doing this for weeks. It was a three-day thing. Weekend. <laughs> Weekend deal. <laughs> that was it. And you because, guys, yeah, it was shut down so fast. Because, uh, because we didn't want – I had a responsibility to the cannabis community. When you speak out, it doesn't, it doesn't only affect you and who you're speaking out. Other people are seeing it. It affects people's mental health that day. Because they're invested in what you're sharing now. Mm -hmm. So now they're all wild up. You have to take responsibility for that. You have to be accountable for other people's like mm -hmm. feelings on that day. And if you have thousands of followers, you got all these people's mental health, mm -hmm. health to be accountable for. So that's a whole other factor that, that some folks are not taking into account when they speak out. And man, it's just, it's getting, it's getting more where people are doing it. And because of that, it's, it's making me really realize that we have to do with more, more with multi-org to inspire responsible calling out because it's, it's, I, we don't want to disarm you guys do it, but like put in the work, man, it's people's work, people's livelihood. It doesn't matter even if it's someone's rich, you're still affecting them. That's not cool. And their employees. Too. Yeah. And their employees that yep. too. It doesn't matter. Like, Oh, I'm calling out a company that's super rich. You should still do the work, you know? It doesn't matter. You should still put in the time if you're going to do that. It's, Thank you. Yeah, that's, that's great to you say that. Right? Yeah. If, it feels it. like common knowledge. <laughs> yeah. It honestly feels like common knowledge, but you would be surprised yeah. on how, like... It's, you know, it's crazy. I know, I was just, like, kind of, like, when you were saying that, I was thinking about another situation. I know this is kind of, like, quick off topic, but there's this makeup youtuber like got boycotted from sephora long story short sephora posted about her and she has been an influencer for eight years so she's done all this work to build where she needs to be at right and now that they boycotted her for you know some reason uh -huh. um it just i was just like thinking about that situation how you're situ you know you, how you were just talking because you know um Sephora cost her her whole, her whole career. Wow. And she... The she, resource imbalance is huge. And she's suing them right now. And so she she's like... she was she, I was actually listening to her video the, two days ago that she released. And she's basically telling everybody that she has like 2.2 million followers. She's like, it's not about my followers. She's like, do you guys know that I was getting PR ca uh, packages every single day, like 25 or more a day, and now I'm zero. And she was just like, do your research. So that's... And that's... And it's crazy, like, I felt like I was having deja vu just listening to her say that, and then you're saying that, and it's like, and it just cost her, it cost her her career, and she's like, she was like hyperventilating on this, on her, you know, her video, because she's like, I, it took me eight to ten years to build my career, and not overnight, you know, yeah. and. Yeah, but. Responsibility is a sword that cuts Yeah, it is, it is. And like, she's telling him, know? she's like, you guys need to be accountable for this. Yeah. You guys yeah. took away my whole career and and now I'm suing you. Honestly, I'm I'm kind of dealing with something similar right now where um there are these there there are people that spoke out um on the company and there was uh consequences that happened because of this call out and the women who did the call out just just dipped out. And unfortunately, and unfortunately, my partner and I were publicly blamed for what happened. And another person came in and made a statement, you know, in, in, in support of us and helping to shed light on the truth. But then what happened to them? They're silent. And it, it's just, you know, uh, something that, you know, something that 
you know, we don't know why they did what they did, whether they believed in it or whether it was just reckless action. But similar to like that, it affected our reputation, you know, and until, you know, we're still, you know, time will, time will tell. And like, like I said, the truth always comes out. Well, I hope but, that you can come back and tell the truth. But I, oh, <laughs> yeah, no, I it will. More we, yes. yeah, we will. Yes. I think we just have to tread lightly because it's yeah. still ongoing. Still very, yeah. mm-hmm. But at the same time, like similar to what happened here, like yeah. people have to be accountable because it's, you're accountable for what you do and what you don't do. Yeah. You know, and, and it's just. You have to do the work before you call out because it could have unintended yes. consequences. Yes. It can have um, an effect on people that you didn't even expect mm-hmm. to. Because mm-hmm. um, the women who spoke out, they they responded something to me, something to the effect of, well, we spoke out on the company, not on you. We don't see why you're upset. And I'm like, mm-mm, like we got blamed for it and y'all just dipped. You don't think that affects it? Yeah. And they don't. And, um, it's, it's shocking because of the amount of people that saw it and are talking about it. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that they don't, they don't like either, either know that or, or, or care, Mm -hmm. but it's, you know, accountability is one of those things that it comes whether you want it or not. It's just one of those things, you know, it yeah. happens. And, and I think it's also part of this industry. Just people don't like to be held, held accountable. I know. But the thing is, is that it, it just happens regardless, especially yeah. if it's a public situation. Yeah. And I don't know why they, it's a public situation. Like every, a lot of people yeah. saw what they did and it's really shocking to see just silence, yeah. you know, yeah. but it, it is what it is. The industry, it, it's growing pains, I think, a yeah. lot. In industry, in, I think in industry as a whole, like influencers, because Sephora situation, yeah. this situation I'm dealing with, it's all this social media realm yeah. of, you know, emotions, social media, and, and organic, causing real A more organic engagement yeah. where, you know, transparency and accountability, they take on a new dimension because it's not just institutions working with each other. Right. And now it's people that have direct personal relationships with their customers. And it's like, well, what am I selling? What am I promoting? Yeah. And, you know, making sure that the interests of, you know, both the influencer and the the company are, are aligned. But the, what do you think is one of the, what do you think are the biggest opportunities? The biggest opportunities right now, I think they're always hidden within the challenges. Let's be honest. So then, where are the biggest challenges right now? Because the biggest challenge is making sure you're authentic with your community and keeping them happy and engaged. That's the opportunity. If you can tap into your community, which is your target audience, people who are buying your product anyway. If you can engage them authentically, be responsible, be accountable with to them. That's really your key to to really growing your brand. You know, we're still waiting to, to have a national cannabis brand. And I think we're we're still a ways away, but we're we're putting in that work right now. And it so so the challenge is doing authentically, but that's your opportunity is is actually finding and aligning with with kind of like agencies like my like ours, Night Shift Cannabis, who have a, a pulse already with the cannabis community. If you're a company trying to break in just fresh, it's gonna be really difficult. Align yourself with people who are already in, like yourselves, like who who people who want to break in and get their stuff in stores, mm-hmm. you know, you can't just walk in. You got to connect with people who yeah. are already connected. Yeah. Same thing with, with yeah. influencers. Yeah. You, you know, can come yeah. right in with all the money in your want, but if you don't have those relationships. Yeah. It's and knowing, a, yeah. knowing who not to work with, I think is yes. one of the biggest. 
<laughs> yes, that's yeah. why it's so important to have this show, but yes, yeah, so where we can talk about the truth so you can make that decision yourself. Yep. Yeah. And it's definitely a relationship industry. Like, it's so hard to see these brands come in and... There's so much noise. There's so many, <coughs> um, you know, people out there making exaggerated claims. Everyone's an expert on everything. Yeah. And yeah. So when you can narrow your focus, like you've done with PR, um, it makes you a lot more credible. Oh, yeah. 100%. I think that people love to be stretched thin just to be all over the place. So when you find your... Just stay in your you lane. Oh, but when you do, though, when you do it, sing the, you know what I'm saying? You know, it all works. And, yeah, I'm excited to see where things are headed. But we have some bumps in the road right now. <laughs> what? So what's next for you? I mean. We're growing, Mota. We are growing. We have some fun stuff in the works. We have new pieces coming at when the time is right. Um, we're continuing to grow that one. We just launched Wholesale. We're about to announce it actually today at 4 p.m. So you guys nice. get it first. We are now, we should, we are we now do doing wholesale rates. Yeah. Let's do Let's a hit, hit for that. that. Wholesale. Yay. This is a baby hit. Yes. I mean, this is a Dude, huge I step for these. us because I need to try you will one. be able. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Straight shot. Yeah. This is a big deal for us because you'll be able to find Mota at a local dispensary or smoke shop that or head awesome. shop. So if you guys want to find find Mota, um, tell your dispensary to or or smoke shop to go to Mota Dash Glass and go to the wholesale tab, and basically you can apply to become an official retailer. That's we awesome. are gonna be a little picky because we're minority owned and we're locally made. We want to be in smoke shops and dispensaries that know glass. Like if you don't know what what's what's what, we, but if you know heady glass and you know the importance of American glass, we want to be in your shop. You know, we want to know that that you care about American made glass. We want to know that you that you care that a real person made this here in the U.S. So um, that's what we're we're working with, and we've already had uh, two wholesale orders placed <gasps> since we launched, which was today's uh, earlier, not too long ago, and um, we're really excited to oh take Mota just worldwide. You know, let's, awesome. let's take it there. Oh I think a lot of people are are really enjoying cannabis more on the regular now, and this and bongs are news. one of those things, you know, where you're like it's part of your, your you know, your everyday. I know a people few more and more have cabinets now. People yeah, have their cabinet, the cabinets. Yeah, it's like decoration. Yeah, yeah. I'm yes. seeing more and more people like build like uh, little cabinets where they put their glass yep. and they keep they put all their supplies. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's 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 getting there. We have somebody that's we call them when you buy, when you buy a piece or you own a piece, you're part of the Mota family. So um, there is someone in the Mota mm. family who um, has. Like five pieces. That's awesome. Yeah, and and actually, he is from Arizona. Shout out Scott, and he says That's that awesome. he bought it. He buys his pieces. Yeah, I know him because I write them in little cards. Um, oh. So he was saying that he bought Mota pieces because he likes to have a little piece of LA with home with him. 
because he's from LA. Oh, that's so awesome. He moved to Arizona. And I was like, I couldn't, as a publicist, I couldn't write someone to tell me that about (laughs) Like, I, that is perfect because that's ultimately what we want to do. You know, we want to give people a piece of LA. This is LA made. This is LA glass blowing here. Holy shit. I just noticed. Yes, I love that thing. This is a game changer. Yeah, I really need to buy more of those. Whoa. It's a little filter. Yeah, I need to hit up. Okay, so basically, none of the flowers goes in the bong and your bong doesn't taste like crap <laughs> yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah whoa that. Yeah. yeah it's a little screen that like i use all the time I need to get that some is- more yeah we need to we're gonna be expanding the mocha glass like shop to be able to buy more things you know and so cool maybe one of the things that you want to add and have them, like cleaner and stuff we have like mouthpieces you can buy right now but uh that's that's what's coming is just being able to grow mocha more because we want to do more, um, like, it's my dream to really, really grow Mota to the point where we have glass blowers just on our team, working regularly, getting paid fairly, feeling like they are go- working towards something bigger together, you know, get vacation when they want. Yeah. You know, they, they get home and they're feeling good because they're appreciated <laughs> at, at work, you know. People don't, appre- don't, don't recognize sometimes the effect of having stable work mm-hmm. like that's stress to not have it like when you have a family and you get home Absolutely. that and then you, you end up treating your, your partner better you end up treating your kids better you end up being more pleasant to be around with that is like a whole like changes communities change, it does and we want to be a part of that if we can grow mota to, to get bigger in that like think of the effect we can have and that's why it's a mota family like when you look our on our instagram page there are, um, it's constantly Instagram stories because people don't want to smoke alone. And if they're home smoking, they blow clouds to us. So the, the fee is constantly packed with people smoking clouds with us. And that's why it's about the family because you buy a piece and you're part, like you never smoke alone. Mm-hmm. I you love know? that. That's awesome. Well, it's, yeah. I'm definitely so happy Thank to see, so yeah, see your success and be a part Yay. of it because... Yeah. Like we, it was just, I feel like it was just like yesterday that we were talking about it. And now, you know, I'm so lucky to have, you know, one to be of your, part of the yeah, family. Yeah, to be part of the family yeah. because it's, it's amazing. What did you guys think about the flower? Really good. It was great. I really thought it was good. really tasty. Yeah. yeah. It was really good. Shout out to, is it, was it Empire? Yeah. I can, yeah. Keep, I can keep yes. smoking that if for sure. You guys, if you're in the Inland Empire, shout out to Empire. Um, they have three locations. Um, and the best one's actually in Moreno Valley. So go and take a look at their flower. It's indoor. And I'm pretty freaking high. Yeah. <laughs> so it is so good. I love it. Well, thank you so I much, do. Susie, yes. for coming on the show. Congrats on the first episode. That's, that's wrapping up the first episode. Right? I know. I had so much fun. It was Everyone great. make sure you go and follow Susie Greens on Instagram as well as Mota underscore glass. glass. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and we are underscore Mota as well. That is our um, organization with the same name. Awesome. And then also I'm bluntly.dina and I'm bluntly.ian on Instagram. And follow us on bluntly.us. 